Welcome to the Three Amigos FBL show ahead of Game Week 3. I'm your host, the Marple Curse, and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars and my amiga Kylie. Uh, Kylie, come to you first. Uh, how is Game Week 3 still going? Because of course we're in the dying stages of the Liverpool game. But um, how is it going for you so far? Yeah, it's it's been a bit of a, a roller coaster uh, for me and, and for many. Um, as with last week, I've just been having really awful Saturdays. So I think I finished on Saturday on 13 points from five players. Um, and that was really frustrating. But then Sunday and City delivered. I was one of the lucky ones that had a, a clean sweep of my City players on the pitch to start with. Um, and so I captained Aguero as well. There was obviously... A lot of stress before the deadline because of the Guardian article and a lot of rumours floating around suggesting that Aguero wouldn't play, which unfortunately deterred a lot of people who were pretty solid on captaining Aguero. I'm very happy that I, I stuck to my guns there because his 40 points really did save the day for me so far. I've got a few players on now, but uh, it's it's you know, Van Arnholt is obviously not really doing anything for me. I'm glad I don't have one Vicky playing. He's on my bench. So there is that. Highs and lows. Yeah, I know. Um I well I probably I don't know was I dissuaded from the um from the Aguero captaincy. I did have him as my captain earlier on in the game week, um, you know, as as we all do right after the game week deadline early we set our captain for the next week, all going well, but um I think I actually chickened out because I really wanted to have a Monday night football with my captain. Shout out to the chief, of course, at FBL Hints there, who, who was uh, who was always a big um, a big supporter of the idea of a Monday night football. It gives you a, an extra buzz going into or the last match of the game week. Um, so I I went for um, a Liverpool player and then and I decided I'll go for Mane instead of Salah. Um, because of the way Manny has been playing, and I thought it's a little bit more of a risky one, and I like a risky pick, so um, that's the way I went. But um, yeah, definitely, unless things change in these last ten minutes of this Liverpool match, um, it's going to cost me big time. I'll probably be um, between you know forty points for the for the Aguero captaincy versus um, six points at the moment for the Manny captaincy. So um, yeah, that is uh, that's going to be a killer. But um, but you know what? These will have to recover for them. Um, it's a long way to go, as they say. Marathon, not a sprint, as 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 my man Mars has in his logo. Uh, Marzi, baby, how is game week three treating you so far? Indeed. Yeah, definitely it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, not too bad. Sixty-two points before tonight. Um, I had it on Aguero the whole week. Didn't change. I have to say that I did consider it. Because, you know, you you look about and there's people who are much better than me, like General and Eggersdorf and others saying, you know, it's not worth the risk, it's not worth the risk. And I, I was sitting there going, actually, you know what? It is worth the risk for me. This is why I have Aguero and I want him in my team. And we were chatting Saturday morning. <clears throat> I said, I don't, I don't want to think about it. I don't actually want to think about it. And I stopped thinking about it. And I didn't even look at my phone for the last half hour and stuck with it. 
you know what? I, I don't want to talk too much about the Guardian, but I think the guy was play. I think especially the tweet after it where he said, "Oh, my information is if Aguero's dropped." You know, apart from the article which had no quotes, he had, "Oh, my information is Aguero's dropped unless somebody gets injured." So for me, I think you know what he was playing on. I think he he knew people were following him on. He he knows about FPL, and uh, I lost some respect personally for the Guardian because I looked at them as a bet as one of the better newspapers. If he is, wasn't playing, fair enough. But I think he was. That's my that's my that's what I'm going to say on it. Yeah, if he didn't have any inside info, even if he, uh, I I thought initially when I when I heard this guy is doing, um, you know, saying Aguero's out, and I was surprised to see he's a like a journalist with a fairly big following, and like I said, with the Guardian. Because um, I do regard generally their their news as being more credible than a lot of newspapers, but um, but no, I I think I was I think I was slightly swayed by that, but I'd say a lot of my thinking was the Monday Night Football captaincy and and looking at upon it as Salah generally doesn't blank, and you know even if even if it was a thing, and we didn't really think Aguero, let's face it, was going to come up with three goals and a, and an assist. I did. And max bonus points. I mean, I want yeah, I, yeah, I expected but, a hat I. Patrick, listen, I expect a hat-trick from Aguero against Huddersfield. Did I think he'll do it? Maybe not, but I was hoping for it. The, the, the assist, the assist is, is a bonus, but I'm not going to lie. You know, Aguero against Huddersfield is why I, why I got him in my team, why I spent £11 million on a player like him and why I captain a player like him. Um, tell me, do you think um, this game week has kind of made me think of a few things? Now, it's not made, um, I think that knee-jerk reactions to Anton are wrong, but one of my thinkings is... Or Salah costs 13 million. If you do have Aguero and Aguero's in the form he's in, is it a case that because when you spend 13 million on a player, you want him to be pretty much your primary captain pick every week? With Man City playing the way they are, and if Pep doesn't rotate in and out Aguero, which I know um, the second one is a little bit of a bigger if, is there a case for thinking that 13 million spent on a player who you don't have as your primary captain is a bit of a no no? No, I wouldn't subscribe to that. I think you've got Salah in for, you know, I know a lot of people are negative on the subject of coverage, but it, coverage in terms of Salah is is really protecting against ownership. And if the situation changes and it becomes apparent that he doesn't have form or certainly doesn't justify his price enough that um, you, you feel you need to change it, then you remove him. But you don't get a leg up with Salah, so I think it's a he's a protective piece in there. Um, choosing to captain Aguero in certain fixtures. Now, would, will I captain Aguero away? I'm not as sure. If you look at last year, part of the reason that we would have felt confident of big returns from Aguero against Huddersfield is because his record at home is really strong. He scored 15 of his 21 goals last season at home. He got the hat-trick against Watford and the four goals against Leicester at home as well. So he was playing Huddersfield. I think it was just a perfect storm of things. And there was nothing based on how he played that would suggest that Pep should rotate him heavily. So I felt there was enough in there that that made it worthwhile and, and made picking him as a captain worthwhile. But you won't always feel that way. Sometimes you... I mean, he has great fixtures, but you might decide to go a little bit um, safer in certain weeks. I, I like to have two viable options. 
And I like if I'm captaining Aguero to know that at least I own Salah because lots of people will captain him anyway. So it kind of gives a a balance, if you will. Yeah, F- fully agree. Just because I have a 13 million player doesn't mean I'm gonna um, I'm gonna um, captain him every time. Um, for me. Aguero had the easier picture, and he's at home now. I'm, I'm, and, and by the way, when I say I want, I expected a hat trick. I'm not gloating. I just this is what I expect when I captain a player. This is why I captain a player. Now there was a risk that he will not play, and I took that risk, and I was really worried. I'm not going to lie, I was worried because it's Pep. Those articles, you know, and play uh, other other accounts that were in the uh, in the know before and got some some via, uh, some good information that worked out right at the time, uh, you know, previously. Um, so th- those things happen, but for me, out of the two, Aguero had the easier fixture, and that's why I went with him as captain. Some people saw it as a risk, maybe, but for me, it was the obvious choice, in my opinion, for my team. Yeah, um, and when we take Mars, that your rant this week, is it about the um, the Guardian newspaper and articles purporting to have no, two news? No, no, actually, really actually, funnily enough, <laughs> funnily enough, it's not. It's not. It's like um, it seems like everybody's got a price. I wonder how they sleep at night when the price rises, when the price rises come first and the force come second. Just stop for a minute and smile. Why is that really so serious? Acting so damn mysterious. Got shades on your eyes and your heels so high that you can't even have a good time. Everybody look to the left. Everybody look to the right. Can you feel that? Yeah, we pay. We pay and we'd love tonight. It's not about the money, money, money. We don't need your money, money, money. We just want to make the world dance. Forget about the price tag. What? Shall I carry on? And about the ching ching. <laughs> when, when you were writing that out, did you think it was so large? This is how I feel about all these price price increases, price force, people worrying, people going, team value, this, that. Take a breath. Enjoy the game. Chill with those transfers. You know, like, I understand yeah. why some people are doing you know, it. I, know, I, I know. understand why, people, why some people are doing it. And there are some players that Obviously, sometimes you don't have the budget and you need to make a move. I did it. But I just think, you know, if, if people are complaining because people are doing it, then they go and do it. And then people are saying, well, everybody's doing it. Well, you're following them. So don't do it or do it because you have to. But it's, I just feel like it's the hot topic and people are pressing wild cards and everything. I'm like, all right, of course, play your own game. But let's just all calm down. Chill. Enjoy the price rises thing this um, this season it does seem to be taking a new level with the uh, with the panic. Now I know that this time of year I think everyone wants to try to get on the right players as early as possible, and there is nothing more more frustrating than being down by that point one. Which I know that like for instance Pedro got his increase over the weekend. He got an increase up to six point six. I know a lot of people would have been you know, looking to him with Chelsea's fixtures, with his form and everything like that. And there is nothing more irritating than having that point one um, stop you from making moves. Yes, 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 yes. And you'll be happy because Manny just scored. <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I was on mute there and I was like, <laughs> at one point I was like, Ooh. But I was like, hold on, they're still talking. I'll let them chat away. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Kylie. Fair play for you um, for waiting. But yeah, it was, a, it was a counter from the corner. Salah released Mane and Mane, to be fair to him, rode the challenge, the keeper's challenge, and just slotted it in beautifully. Beautifully. Well, there you go. 
Now, just to give the Listener League update, the Three Amigos FBI Classic. Um, top of the table is the Prancing Camels, managed by Matt Stacey. Um, they are currently on 186 points with um, 101 this game week, so very, very nice. Um, the Nearly Man is in second spot, Ger Newman's team. And I Make Mane moves, Tim Pan's team, um, on 187 points. The two of those guys are. So, um, yeah, some really, really great scores there up at the top of the table. Um, and with, even even with that Mane goal, I will definitely be falling a little bit on this uh, on this table. Um, but as we said, long long way to go, and um, and we do we do hope to get up there near the top. All three of us are going to be up there, folks. But um, whereabouts, Mars? Um, where are you projecting yourself to actually end up after game week two? Well, in, in the league or points wise? <clears throat> I'm uh, I'm at seventy five at the moment before any bonus points come in. Actually, I might be more because I think Salah Salah's assist hasn't hasn't come in. So uh, around the eighty, I would say eighty plus, which is not That's bad, right. yeah. Plus, not, 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 not too bad at all. And Kylie, whereabouts are you around the same? Um, always apparently. There's there's never we anything the between. Team, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> although yeah. he was gloating about how uh, he was happy that he didn't have an identical team to me on Saturday when all my players were terrible. Um, <laughs> but but it seems to be shaking out about the same. I'm probably high 70s, I would guess. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I'm probably mid-60s to 70. You'll be at the outside. But um, happened before that many went goal went in, I'd, um, I would have been a lot worse. So next up, we're going to move on, of course, to looking at the game week three action. And um, but first of all, we have to do our blank bonk or stock game. And in this, we go through players whose ownership is on the rise, and we give our take on whether we want to avoid them. That is blank. Whether we want to bonk them. That's sign me up, big boy. Or stalk them, which is just add them to your watch list, but you're not sure about them yet. Kylie, I want to come to you first of all on the goalkeeper who has definitely been the one we've has kind of come out of nowhere to lead the goalkeeper charts after two game weeks and um, consecutive game weeks for Etheridge from um, Cardiff. He's come up with penalty saves, a clean sheet this past game week, and he has totaled eight saves this season. That's more, of course, than the save Kings Fabianski on seven and David Haya on three. An option for those disillusioned with their own pre-season choice, um, or perhaps those who went maybe with Fabianski, Patricio, or even, yes, um, the man, the legend, that is Pickford. Um, what's your thinking on Etridge? Is he somebody that people should look at as a budget option? I think uh, maybe in the long run. Um, certainly he's had an amazing start. I mean, a clean sheet, two penalty saves, and then eight actual saves and three bonus is a phenomenal start for a keeper who was not on anyone's radar. Um, the issue for me is the coming fixtures. So next week is fine. They're playing Huddersfield. I think it's away. But then after that, their run includes Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, then Burnley, then Tottenham, Fulham, not too bad, and then Liverpool. It's like a nightmare. So... I don't think that this is really the time to be getting him in. I think if you had him in, like, you're absolutely winning and you definitely play him against Huddersfield. But I'd probably be monitoring him, so he'd be a stop for me. I want to see how he performs against these big teams because then they have a nice little run from game week 11 
And if he continues to show his ability and look like a really good value option, I'm not saying he needs to run out and get clean sheets and penalty saves against all of these teams because that's just not realistic. But, you know, if he can continue to show some degree of consistency that would suggest he's a Fabianski or Pope of previous years with that kind of potential to deliver those returns, definitely one that could be considered later on. Or perhaps if you are one of those people who is on a wild card, there's quite a number, and you're doing a rotating keeper situation with Etheridge and another 4.5, then you could get him in playing for Huddersfield and bench him for the later ones. But for me, even though they were fairly respectable in the um, championship, I think they kept 19 clean sheets, or he did, and I still wouldn't be jumping in now. And I, I'm a Patricio owner and I'm really unimpressed at the moment uh, with with the results. And, and I, uh, I have Patricio set and forget. So it's so tempting to jump onto someone else, but I, I don't think that Etheridge is on his own the answer just yet, purely because of the fixtures. And because I think, as you said, I think you're right 100% on that. But it's um, if he was four mil, say, if he was one of like Diamond Hammer or something like that, I think there probably would be more people jumping yeah. on a bit of a bandwagon with him. Yeah. Whereas because he's around, he's still he's a 4.5, and there is a lot of competition for um, at that 4.5. And a lot of them are, are like well known. So yeah, Fabianski, West Ham haven't been great, you know, but we know what we get with Fabianski and I I would think that his quality would start to come to the fore at some point. So he is, as a an unknown option who has impressed initially, he's still up against a lot of keepers where we know what we're getting. So it's a bit tricky to jump in in game week two. Yeah, 100%. Um, Marzi, we'll move on to the defenders and um, a couple of couple of I gave a duo for you to look at was Alonso and Trippier. Um, for me, I think the discussion of which of the two of them we like best um, is a valuable one for our listeners because it is unlikely that you can afford more than one of them. With along with Mendy, who we all do probably regard as being um, you know the essential number one. Um, but basically, which of those two guys, Alonso or Trippier? Would you be looking at um, as the more essential bonk, shall we say, of the um, of the elite defenders? I think it has to be Alonso, just the way he's playing. Um, the guy's like uh, he was playing nearly up front with Morata, and is actually a cheap way into Chelsea's midfield, if you like, because he is playing that high up front. And yeah, I I think he has more goals. I don't listen. I love Trippier. I think he's a great player. A great option, but if it was the choice, if it's the choice between those two, I would go with him because I agree with you. A lot of people already have people like Robertson and Mendy, and they probably don't want to swap. I have, I have Virgil Van Dijk, so I don't want to do a side swap either. But I'm looking at Alonso at the moment. Uh, I have Shaw, and he's somebody that I think over time I'm just fed up with United anyway, and Jose will probably drop him. So I'm, my moves are lined up to try and bring in Alonso in. Um, which is why I want people to slow down with the price rises, take a chill. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely Alonso. I think free kicks, goals, assists, 
um, all this myth about him not fitting into the Sari Sari ball system, whatever, obviously it's been blown out of proportion and out of the water. Yeah, one thing that you think matters though quickly is the Alonso. Um, one thing that do people do talk about Alonso is his defensive inability, basically, um, that he's not the greatest defensively. Sari is someone that probably will want to solid solidify a little bit at the back because they're conceding goals. Um, I know he's good going forward, but is it a thing that he might be a casualty if he wants to bring in a more solid, um, solid option? What better option do they have at left back currently? Because they can't buy anyone. I don't think what they have is better than him. Is that Pacosta? don't think so. Is he a left-back or right-back? I don't know. But when I've seen him, he's not much better. I don't think the issue is with the wing-backs. But the issue is probably, why don't you play Kante where he's best at, which is screening those defenders. Because if you look at the goals where it came in, Kante would have probably picked up a couple of them. Um, it was like playing um, Pro Evolution Soccer, watching that game. Go down the wing, cross it in, go. It was, it was hilarious uh, for Arsenal anyway. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I don't, listen, anything can happen, right? Right now, if you look at it on paper, I think Alonso is the better option, and I think Alonso is the one that goes forward. For us FPL managers, defensive ability means nothing, because we, we want the team to be defending well. I don't really rate, to be honest, I didn't rate their keeper for, for, for the first goal, for Arsenal's first goal. He should have had that. So I think they've got, you're buying Alonso because you know he's going to return. Attacking returns more than the, the clean sheet right now. Yeah, yeah, no, understood. Um, I know the half million, the extra half million could be a bit of a um, a draw, an extra draw for Trippier. But then again, you are again into the um, the Spurs full back issue. As much as Trippier looks nailed with the way he plays, and whether whether he's playing the World Cup or when he's playing for Spurs, he's um, he looks at their he looks like their best full back. Um, let's, Kylie, move on to, we're speaking about Chelsea there with Alonso, of course, and Pedro is the other one who's the flavour of the FPL community at the moment. Um, two consecutive games where he's looked central to the Chelsea attack. That He's at 3.5 shots per game and that's 1.5 from inside the box per game. And he's, of course, scored two goals. Um, is he a blank bonk or a stalk for you with the, with the obviously, the imminent return of Hazard? Yeah, he, this is an interesting one because on merit, he's definitely a bonk, right? I mean, he played 80 minutes in the first match and then I think he played 90 minutes in the second. And at 6.6 for an inform attacking Chelsea asset, I mean, that's really hard to look past. Um, so he seems to be favoured by Sari at the moment. And on that basis, I would say bonk but there's a few caveats and it's not even for me so much around the rotation issue because there's a lot of from what I've read anyway a lot of people seem to think that Pedro is the favored one there he's certainly the one in form there's a few issues around William William was the one that went off that was subbed for Hazard I believe so that would suggest to me that when Hazard comes back in, it's William who moves on and moves back to the bench and not Pedro. And why would you drop him while he's scoring? Um, the other issue is that at his price point, it, it's so congested at the moment because there's all of these sort of cheap to mid-range options around 
0.5 to 7 million. There's Richarlison, a lot of people talking about Madison. Mkhitaryan obviously has just scored and got an assist as well. He's now going into his superb run of fixtures and he's been playing 90 minutes a game. So you can't fit all of these players into your team. And Pedro is certainly one of a number that look really interesting. So for me, I think it's less about our perception of whether he is nailed. He may be nailed. We're not entirely sure. But there's certainly other ones that would seem a bit more nailed and are quite central to what their teams are doing at the moment. So I really think it's a bonk with a caveat that it so much depends on your team. Yeah, yeah, true. I think that the um, the one of the interesting ones, Mars, is actually the whether or not Pedro or um, Mkhitaryan, as Kylie mentioned there, Mkhitaryan came up with a goal and an assist. I'm personally, that's that's the move I'm going to make this game week is Mkhitaryan in. Um, I've gone to one. I had him in for a one-week punt just to see what he'd be like, um, but he's just too defensive and he doesn't really get involved too much in the attack. Um, so it was between Pedro and Mkhitaryan. I had the funds. I have an extra one and a half million in the bank on top of Mkhitaryan. Um, but my thoughts are, like Kylie said there, Mkhitaryan seems more nailed. The Arsenal fixtures look a lot nicer. And um, and that was you, my reason. You have other City players, right? You have other City players. Yeah, Mendy and Aguero. Mendy's like, Mendy's like a midfielder anyway. Yes, I would go Mkhitaryan because you... You look at those Arsenal fixtures and the way they played against Chelsea. It's only it has to get better for them, right? I'm not saying go and get three of their players, but I think Mkhitaryan at his price is a good entry into the Arsenal team. And not, it's not just about the, the the coverage; he's involved in a lot of things. He is. He, he's what Ozil preseason Ozil when he looked like he was involved with everything with Aubameyang, and I went, is he going to be? At, at his price, that he'd be the kind of the, the one who's going to be involved in all of the attacks, whether he's scoring the goals, he'll be assisting them up for laying them up for Aubameyang, good bonus points, and so on. But um, it seems Mkhitaryan is the one, and at seven million with Arsenal's fixtures, hopefully they're going to kind of uh, to kick on. Um, so um, yeah, that that's the the move. That's personally why I went for him over um, over Pedro, because I know a lot of our listeners are are debating between those two as their move this week. Um, let's move on, Maris, to um, to Wilson. Now, I gave you this one because I know we said last week to avoid sideways moves, especially between teammates such as King and uh, Wilson. However, Wilson, with four points, per, four shots per game, all in the box, looks like the player who lit up FBL in his debut season um, before his injury. And King, by comparison, looks a bit periphery to the Bournemouth attack. Um, is Wilson a blank, a bonk, or a stalk for you, even though it is King who, who even if it is King who is a player being sacrificed? Look, I think it's a stalk still for me. I say this because unless King is the only problem in your team, which means that you're doing pretty well, at that price you can afford to keep King. He's playing Everton next, and he loves scoring against them. I think three goals and one assist or something like that. So, you know... Give him a chance and change, and change something else. Wilson has got the form at the moment, but we all know and we've seen it before. Similar to Dini, he will go through a rough patch. And the price, it, it, like I said, the surgery is not needed unless it's the only place that you need to fix a new team. So for me, it will be a stock. Yeah, you're you're right, hundred percent. 
I think that the extra half a million or now 0.4 million as it is now because Wilson has gotten a price rise this weekend. Um, it obviously is an attractive thing. As you mentioned, though, Wilson is he's streaky, but he was, when he, in his breakout season, he was literally like this, scoring a goal per game, and his injury was the only thing that kind of stopped him. Um, so I do think Wilson is, at, like, at that price, you're looking at Charlie Austin or, you know, players like this. I mean, I don't think any of them are patch. They're not. They're not a patch on um, on Wilson as much as as much as Bournemouth can be. Definitely a frustrating team to have any fantasy assets involved invested in. But um, you have to have realistic expectations at that price point, anyway. I mean, we're, we're not expecting a goal all the time. Yeah, you're realistically rotating them probably with your fifth midfielder, and you're kind of rotating him in and out based on that. And you have to accept that sometimes he's going to score some points on your bench. Um, and uh, and just live with it. But um, let's let's move on to the game week preview. So um, the game week starts off, and Mars, you're first up by giving you Wolves. So um, FPL fly um, Wolves up against Man City. Um, how do you see this one going from an FPL point of view? Um, is do you think Wolves will pose any kind of difficulty to Man City? And is Aguero the nailed on your kind of shout for the captaincy pick this week? Uh, I only see this guy in one way, which is City win uh, <clears throat> at the moment. The one thing that I would say is with City, you have to be really careful. Most of the players that were rested, like Walker, Sterling, even Sane, could, could walk back into that team and still be as strong. Like this week, Aguero owners were, were happy and laughing, not gloating. Some maybe were, but not, not all of us. Um, and, and Silver owners were happy that he started, but he didn't do anything. Um I think in, in, in our uh, pick for the week, you, you mentioned it, Don, that, you know, it could be their turn to be arrested, like silver, both silvers, right? So you have to be careful with this and just be prepared that there will always be Pep Roulette and you either live with it or don't go with any midfielders, at least, because maybe Mendy is the most nailed-on guy at the moment and I can't see Aguero being dropped right now. I think City want to win first and then rest players second. That's that's how I see it. Pep is actually worried about Liverpool. You can see that. I, I don't blame him. I'm, I'm not saying that because I'm a Liverpool fan. I think he wants to win and he knows there's going to be a challenge and he knows that nobody has managed to defend or re- in recent time to defend their um, their crown and he wants that. And you can see the determination in, in the City team, uh, which is good for us because I think um, may- maybe he will not hopefully rotate as much in their key players. Uh, but they're that good that he can swap in and out some of the players and you don't see the difference. For Wolves, unless um, Neves or Jota are your fourth midfielders, you probably don't even want to play them. The only thing, the, the way I can see Wolves scoring is from a set piece and maybe that's where Neves could step up. Um, and that's, that's all I have to say on Wolves. Good stuff, Mersey. Um, Kylie, we'll move on to the next game, which is Arsenal versus West Ham. Um, London derby, of course. Um, I've, I've high hopes for Arnautovic, even though I do fancy Arsenal in this, but um, I think that he's kind of probably the kind of player who can score against any opposition. Do you agree with that? And what's your thinking on how you see this game going? Yeah, I completely agree with that. I see goals in this. Neither of them have shown any particular strength in terms of their defence in the first two fixtures. So I think that they, they'll both want to go out and be strong and they 
they both need a win as well. Um, I would give Arsenal the edge in this one, uh, but I do think that West Ham will score and I think there's a very good chance that Arnie will score because um, he does like big matches and we've seen that in the past. Uh, you know, Arsenal have a great run from here, so I think they'd like to start that with some confidence and, and win the match. What is, in terms of what's sticking out for me from a fantasy perspective, is uh, we know what we're getting with Arnie. It's really the question over the Arsenal assets, and we've we've talked a bit about it in terms of Mkhitaryan. A lot of people have started with City, heavy on City, you know, Aguero and, and maybe Bernardo Silva, um, and not gone near the Arsenal uh, assets and, until now and are looking at those going in. Mkhitaryan is the one that is standing out at this point because... He's obviously got some form and he's been playing. And at 7 million, he's just so easy to slot into your team. He also, in terms of underlying statistics, is looking quite good uh, as compared to Aubameyang, uh, actually. Um, so he had, they both have averaged 2.5 goal attempts and Mkhitaryan 3.5 chances created to Aubameyang's one. So, and, and actually Mkhitaryan's higher on penalty area touches as well. So he's been in a round and, and quite active. And I think it's just really low risk dropping him into your team and seeing what happens. Everyone has one of those midfielder slots at the moment that they're looking to shift on, which is why we're seeing popularity in terms of the, the Pedro uh, Mkhitaryan kind of characters. So... I'm keen to see if he continues to play 90 minutes and whether he can perform again, because I think he could be a really exciting asset going forward. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, Kelly. Um, Marzi, uh, Bournemouth versus Everton is the next up. Um, of course, we did talk a decent bit about Wilson versus King and Bournemouth in general, but what's your thinking on this game? Have you, and I'm especially interested to hear maybe what your thoughts are on Tosson up front for Everton. He's someone that kind of had a lot of attention in the preseason. But um, what has been your thinking on him and his value? I see Thorsten as this old school number nine, right? He will, he's a goal poacher. He knows where the goal is. I think he will get goals. I think the way Everton play, he will get goals. But he's, he's also a streaky player, so you need to wait. And then when he starts scoring, you, if you need him, you get on him. I think there's better, for me, there's better players around that value, especially if you have people like Richardson. I wouldn't want to double, or I wouldn't want too many players from Everton. I think Everton attacking are very, very exciting, actually. Um, but if you have Richardson, that's the main player. He's going to be involved in most things. He's sco- he scored again. Um, uh, and. Uh, I would stay away from both defence. And I don't, I don't know. Who, I don't know. Anyway, Carly, would you know anyone who would pick Pickford? Like, out of all the keepers, <laughs> like, why would you pick Pickford? <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. I think I think there will be goals in that game because I think both teams will uh, will concede. Bournemouth will attack and Everton will go to attack. So I'm expecting a high-scoring game. I'm hoping that King is not injured and he plays because I'm keeping him. Obviously, if he's injured, then I might have to make a move and I'll be looking at somebody like Ings. Potentially, if I don't go Wilson. Yeah, the uh, the the funny enough you mentioned about um, Pickford and 
one of the, you know, a lot of people are doing their wild cards, and I think every week, as much as it's a dangerous thing to do, I do kind of have a look and see if I was wild carding, who would I actually want to improve my team with? And the reality is, is most of my team are probably the people that people are bringing in on their uh, on their wild card, the likes of Wilson or Mkhitaryan or Mendy, and so so on and so forth. But um, one definite one who stands out is Pickford and goal. He's he's not anyone that anyone is going to be um put slotting into that wildcard team. Um, <laughs> shocking. <laughs> yeah, shockingly enough. But um, ideally, I'd love obviously to have the likes of um Ederson in there. I think Ederson, the Man City defense, looks rock solid this year, and I think he could be um he could be a real. Uh, the only problem is he won't get too many much access to the bonus points because Man City scores so many goals. But uh, he's, I think he's looking like the, the top dog among the keepers. Um, but uh, let's move on, Kylie, to Huddersfield versus Cardiff. And um, this is um, not exactly one of the, um, the, the standout fixtures of the game week. But um, what's your thoughts on it from an FPL point of view? Ignore. What did I ever do to you to make you give me this one? <laughs> um, <laughs> to be honest, I just think this looks awful. From a fantasy football perspective, I, I just don't see the appeal. I mean, we talked about Etheridge. If, if anyone has him or has him as their backup keeper, then certainly a great fixture to to give him a run out. Um, question is whether Huddersfield will bounce back, whether this will be a bore draw. I just think it's hard to find the FPL interest here. Um, one of the key questions, actually, for me and probably a lot of the FPL Twitter community, who in all likelihood form the majority of his ownership, is uh, whether Peltier will play because he was a viable four million option that a lot of us would have had on our bench and he played the first game and just wasn't anywhere in the squad. I haven't seen anything to suggest there was an injury. Could be completely wrong, but... um, is he alive? Is he in a dungeon? What's happened to him? That's the only thing I actually care about with this match. You pose oh, an interesting question, and I'll give you a little hypothetical one before we move on to Southampton mm-hmm. versus Leicester. Um, as you said, there's a lot of people probably with their Huddersfield or Cardiff kind of fifth defenders, or now Peltier, if he doesn't play, isn't an issue in this, but there's a lot of people with Huddersfield defenders, they're cheap, stuck on the end of their bench, or even, as we mentioned there, with the goalkeeper. Someone could, for instance, have Dave De Gea as their starting goalkeeper and they could have the Huddersfield keeper as their bench keeper. Now, this weekend, Man U are up against Spurs whilst he is playing against Cardiff, at home to Cardiff. Can you countenance the situation where somebody might take their premium goalkeeper out, for instance, and put them in instead of Dave De Gea or indeed for one of the defenders to slot one of them in? Um, the way that the, the, can you can you countenance the kind of manager that would make that decision, Kylie? Well, uh, you know, I with with um, premium defenders, it's not something I would do. I mean, we I mentioned this with respect to Mendy after after uh, the first game week where there was like sixty something thousand managers actually bought Mendy, knowing what his fixture was in their first week and and benched him it was just never, insanity i don't ever, know why you'd bother. you never bench uh, no matter even when you've bought them you never ever bench a premium defender no attacking, not one an attacker like. yeah it's just mental you just don't do it it won't always come off but i think the De Gea one is 
is a funny one, right? Because if you are the kind of manager who has decided to spend six million on De Gea and then get an actual playing 4.5 million goalkeeper, why would you do that? That's just too much to spend in defence. Um, I, I don't get it because I think if you're going to invest in De Gea, you're doing it for the long haul and you're just putting set and forget and, and as budget as you can go. So you could have a, you think, could have an interesting discussion with um, with Grifters United actually John G and I think you will after when he listens to this podcast yeah because that was one of the things he actually said at the weekend and I was actually I kind of discussed a little bit with him but it was um, the, he has I think Ederson and go and he has um, a, he has Fabianski I think on the bench and my point to him was going well when are you realistically going to play Fabianski over now it could be fair, it could might not have been Fabianski, but it was a playing four and a half. It was a reasonable four and a half. And it's gone, but why would you actually bother with that? Because you're never going to rotate. You're realistically ever going to see a situation where you bench him for him. You're better. I'd actually, yeah, I'd feel like obligated to at some point play Fabianski over Edison so or, or whoever it was waist, to, to justify it. Yeah, and I think that I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to set myself up for that choice because it is difficult when you've got a keeper who is the cheaper one but has an on-paper really nice fixture and you've got your premium keeper against a, a difficult team to play. It is easy to see the temptation there, but I probably wouldn't want to set myself up for that decision because I feel like I'd make the wrong yeah, one. Yeah, and you'd be kicking yourself afterwards. But um, the, yeah. I hope our listeners don't mind because we weren't really talking about Huddersfield versus Cardiff, so um, it was more of a hypothetical <laughs> discussion. Um, that one needed to be moved on it, to something it, else. It, it did indeed, Kylie. Um, Marzipan, um, we'll move on to Southampton versus Leicester. So um, the uh, as you mentioned, Southampton with Danny Ings up front, he looks, um, he looks actually very, very good on his debut, and we, um, I know we enjoyed seeing him scoring against Everton. But um, what's your thinking on Southampton versus Vardy-less Leicester? This is going to be an interesting game. It's all about how Southampton set up. Um, Mark Hughes re- needs to go for it at home, uh, and the fact that they don't have Vardy for Leicester, who, who love to counter, is it, it might be. You know, I, I'm expecting Southampton win, and, and I think Ings will be involved. I mean, I'd lo- I, I love nothing for than for Ings to, to find his form again and, and, and start sco- scoring. Uh, really like the guy, and from a fantasy point of view, 5.5 is, is, is a steal for somebody like him, if we if we remember when, when, when he first came to the Premiership and, and what he did. So definitely want to watch out. I think one of those games, if you have your Southampton defenders, you, you, you keep them. Um, as for Leicester, I will keep watching Madison. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I mean, you know, listen, if you have Schmarkel in, in your team, he's obviously the, your main keeper because he's quite expensive. So you play him because Southampton could, you know, I just said it all about how they set up. And sometimes the, their, their fans complain that they're too defensive. You'd hope not when they're at home. So, yeah, I'm interested. I'm, I'm, I've got a few players that I'm watching in that game. Definitely uh, Ings is one of them. Nice one, Mersey. And Kylie, move on to the our game of the week, of course. And you as our new Liverpool fan, Liverpool versus Brighton. <laughs> it's in the evening kickoff on Saturday. Uh, Liverpool, for some reason, always seem to be in the TV slots um, in the Premier League. Wonder why. But um, what's what's your thoughts on this one from an FBL point of view? 
Right. Okay. So they're at home. Um, I think that they will score a bright and fair play to them. They beat United again. Sorry, United fans. I know there's plenty of you out there, but uh, I, for one, was kind of cheering that on. So 3-1, I think it finished in the end. I don't think that Brighton will be repeating that against Liverpool. I think Liverpool would be too strong for them. And uh, I can see a fairly comfortable win here, to be honest. Um, I, I just think Liverpool's squad looks really strong at the moment. They bought well. Mane has continued firing. Um and I'll be bringing him in, so I'm really sorry if I break him. But I won't break him because he loves me. It, he loves me. So, But we're testing this now. Carly, we've, because if we've, he stops. we've discussed this, yeah. I think you're about to jinx him. The Marple no, curse is no, going to curse. Mane, Mane loves me. It's mutual. Like I, I, He's always been really loyal to me, and I have faith that that will continue, um, hopefully. I hope I hope he doesn't know I didn't start the season with him. That's all I can say. Um, I think that yeah, I think the their assets uh, could be captained in this week. Uh, they're good at home. That you know I can't see past that. Uh, I think that there are plenty of points to be had in that, in that match. It's, uh, yeah. Whether or not I have the cojones to leave the captaincy on Manny and not on Salah for, for this one, because I know that goal from Mane versus if it was a Salah goal even um, has made a massive difference to my rank this week um, yeah. because of his ownership difference. But again, I don't know, will I? Um, they, I'll have it on Salah, I think, um, and we'll see up to the deadline. It might be one that I might change. But um, yeah, I think that the def- there are definite captain possibilities in uh, for the Liverpool team against Brighton at home. Should really be one-way traffic, hopefully. Um, we, we, we don't want to jinx ourselves, Mersey, which I know you'll be there cursing me behind your microphone, going, Donica, will you stop? Done, done. Um, let's go on to Watford versus Crystal Palace, Mars, in Sunday, the Sunday lunchtime kickoff. So um, we just watched Palace, of course, and I had, whenever we play Palace, me and you are always hiding under our couch. But um, these, they're up against Watford now. And, of course, Troy the Boy Deeney, um, your favourite budget forward of all time. Behind Who? You mean Fat Boy? <laughs> yeah, Fat Boy. Fat, I thought you were talking about Drake. a platter. Fat Drake. <laughs> yeah, I know. So what's your thinking on you this? You know what? Watford, well, Watford are one of the form teams. Credit, credit where credit is due, right? Six out of six, two wins, home and away. What's not to like? Budget options in defence, budget options in midfield, budget options up up front. Uh, you know, you can't argue with it. I would never have Fat Boy in my team, but listen, if you want a third striker who's the captain of their team, why not? He's, they, they are doing well. The one that I really like and I'll keep watching is Hughes, because I think he's 4.5, right? So... Uh, he's 5. 5? Okay. So, yeah. let's start again. He's 5. So that's, you know, th- that's not a bad spot for a fourth or a fifth midfielder. Um, someone who's involved, he seems to be um, shooting on sight, um, and I like him as a player. Uh, and then you've got Pereira, you've got Halabas on set pieces. And Palace, listen, Palace, uh, credit to them today because they made it really difficult for Liverpool. Um, and, and again, I think away from home, they've gone, last season they went to teams and absolutely torn them apart, like Leicester and uh, 
and uh, I think Huddersfield as well. So you know you've got you start all your players if you if, if you obviously we don't have Biscuit now because he's he's suspended. But if you have Van Anholt, you start him because you you know you you want attacking returns or you expect attacking returns in an open game. Same with Zaha um, uh, Milovic. Um, so I think I think it's an exciting game actually with two teams that you know what I think will be fighting for potentially top ten. What I expect Palace to be Palace for me are one of the best teams outside the top six um, with the players that they have and the way they're playing at the moment. Yeah, 100%. so I'm expecting a good game. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I know. I think I think they're definitely one of the uh, they're one of the better teams outside the top six. And they could even be pushing for that kind of top six spot if we're putting Everton kind of up there. And really exciting to watch. And credit to Roy Hodgson because, you know, I, I've never hid my feelings about how about the guy. Uh, but fair play to him. You know, he's let them go and play, let them express themselves. And that's, that's what you want. The fairest thing you can say about him is a lot of managers come in and they definitely try to inflict their own style and their own, um, their own, uh, their own emphasis on the type of football being played, whereas he's seen the players that Crystal Palace have, and that was one of my fears with him, was that he would just try to turn Wilfred Zaha into, I don't know, some big rock up front, that, uh, you know, and it, he, he definitely has harnessed the skills they have. Um, Kylie, move on to Fulham versus Burnley. I didn't give you another cracker, but um, you had Liverpool a minute ago, so you can uh, you can put up with this one. That's true. Uh, I think, see, I still just don't know enough about Fulham or, or how I feel about them. I think Mitrovic is interesting. Um, he's a nice, you know, uh, like a 6.5. I, I wouldn't say he's cheap, uh, but he has been in the Premier League before and obviously didn't have a great season, to be fair, when he was with Newcastle. But um, he has scored. I know quite a few people who had him on their bench this week for some reason. Um, that isn't obvious, but anyway, he. I think that um, I think that he could score against Burnley. Burnley obviously have had a lot going on lately with the um, extra time in the Europa qualification match. They obviously struggled to contain Watford in the end. So the Burnley defence that that we know of, and I don't think it's necessarily about those players, but They've obviously got a new keeper in now. They've got a lot on their plate. They're stretched much more thinly than they would usually be. So I don't know that I would feel as confident about them keeping it tight. Um, in terms of the actual result, I, I think it's really hard to call which way this would go, but I I think that there is a, definitely a goal for Fulham in this. I think Mitrovic could score, yeah. Yeah, Mitrovic is he definitely has looked really, really sharp and um and as you said, he's not a new player in the Premier League, but he's also not a new player for Fulham. And um he's definitely hit the ground running. He he looks a lot better player than when he came to Newcastle. When he came there, I remember he was quite highly fancied as much as he's a little bit of a, a hothead and he's always liable for um for sending off sending sendings off and yellow cards, but um he definitely seems to have matured with his with his year down with Fulham. Um, I have actually. That's one of my options. It was uh, to upgrade. I have Ben Me as I. I not. I'm one who hasn't bought into the Europa League um, stuff with Burnley, and I still do fancy their defenders. They did, had a brutal game week too, but um, 
in terms of defensively, but uh, hopefully they'll kick on a bit in uh, in game week three and beyond because the fixtures are good for them. Um, yeah, I don't think it's so much like a, a bigger kind of crisis or anything. They, they played a lot of minutes midweek, you know. It's the same defenders playing. So if they were a bit tired for that Watford match, that's not altogether surprising, but that doesn't mean that there's a, some kind of greater issue there. But I still do think that Mitrovic could score against them. Yeah, because the reason I'm not particularly worried about the whole tiredness thing, I mean, midweek is to a point, I think more when you get into the new year and people are playing midweek and weekends, it's more of an issue. These players are all, you know, it's the start of the season. They should be relatively fresh. And I know some of them mightn't be up to full fitness, but in a way, Burnley have benefited because they've been preparing for real competitive action while most people are just on away long-distance tours places. So, it, you know, it, it can kind of work both ways. But, um, yeah, I think that Burnley still are. They have their defensive assets that are well worth having for, for $5 million. Um, But uh, tell me, Mars, Newcastle versus Chelsea. Um, Rafa up against his um, the team that he made relevant again. And uh, what's your FBL thoughts on this one? It's, it's going to be an interesting I game. Just, I if, think, I don't, yeah. if I don't get any bites on that, Mars, on Twitter, I don't know what I'll get. If I don't get any bites from Chelsea fans. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They probably went over their head, to be honest. They're not blessed, are they? <laughs> 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 If I don't get any bites of that, I'm only joking. Some of my best friends are Chelsea fans, you know, it's like only saying, Well, I've got I've got friends who who support this team, you know. I take friends no. as well, Maris, yeah. <laughs> um, I think uh, yeah, it, this is going to be interesting because you know, Benitez will make sure that Newcastle are tight. This is the, I see this actually as like a it's like a, a, a Serie A game. Two teams that can it's going to be tight. They play contained football, and it's about who's going to to break first. And I think you know, listen, if Newcastle are to repeat the heroics of last season and beat Chelsea again, they need to be on absolutely top form. I think Newcastle can give them problems, you know, like um, with, with Chelsea, Rondon, etc. But credit to Sari and Chelsea at the moment because they've surprised a lot of us. They've come out and they're playing football. People said it's going to take them a while to gel. So with regards to fantasy football, with your Chelsea assets, you keep them, you play them. I think Pedro's safe, personally. I think if anybody's going to drop, it's Willian. But Sari's come out and said Hazard is not ready to play yet, maybe one or two weeks. I think slowly we'll see Hazard coming back into the team. And the one that would suffer, in my opinion, would be Willian because I wasn't really impressed with him against Arsenal. If you watch the game, he lost the ball so easily for one of their goals. I don't, can't remember if it's the first or the second if I was a manager, I'd be absolutely fuming because just, he, he just gave up and, did, you know, you don't do that. Um, and Italian managers won't stand for that either. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you of course, you keep your defenders. I mean, if you have any, what, what, what Newcastle, obviously Kennedy's, Kennedy can't play. And I, I can't think of many Newcastle players that people will have right now. Maybe Richie, but no, I don't think so. So I think it's going to be the Chelsea players. You play them all. Because it's a, it's a game you expect Chelsea to win. I just think that Chelsea, uh, Newcastle can make it tight for them. Yeah, Rafa generally does do that. Um, the final game of the game week, Kylie, is um, Man United versus Spurs. That's the Monday Night Football game. Um, this should be a cracker, and uh, because it's it has you know two big teams up against each other, Monday Night Football, you, you can't really ask for more than that. 
but from an FBL point of view, what way are you viewing it? I think this one is difficult because I'm not entirely convinced by either team, truth be told. Like, not in the long run, but at, at the moment. Obviously, we know that there's some strange business going on with United. Spurs didn't buy. Um, it's like Ericsson's off free kicks. Kane, who scored in August, you know, let's talk about that for a second. He's broken his duck there. Um, Sanchez is injured. There's all manner of things going on with these teams. And so I'm a bit iffy on their assets at the moment. I just, I have Ericsson, but he is going for my beloved Mane. Um, because at 9.5, when he's no longer on the same set pieces that he was before or doesn't appear to be, I think he starts to look expensive. Um, that being said, I believe it was their last fixture when he scored a goal in like the first 11 seconds. So maybe maybe Ericsson is the one to, to have and I'll just be kicking myself this time next week. But um, I think there's, there's neither of the teams seem settled. Um, I'd expect goals. Obviously, United have the better record against Spurs, but I think that Spurs, if they're firing, could beat them. It's a really hard one to call how this will finish because we know Mourinho is obviously very tactical. Um, yeah, I, I think Valencia is possibly back in game week three. I believe I saw something about that. And because Young is back playing as well, it could be the end of Luke Shaw, who obviously has rewarded his owners quite uh, quite well in the first two weeks. Is, is that the kind of thing that Mourinho will look at to use it as an excuse to kind of to get him out of the team with Young back, with Valencia reportedly back? That and conceding three goals, it's kind of you know, will he just use it as a bit of an excuse to uh, to to leave Shaw out? Because I don't. I think it's possible. Well. Yeah, mm, he's done yeah, well. he has. But, but Mourinho has a tendency to do this. I can't remember for the life of me which team it was that they were playing last season, and it they lost. Um, they lost the match. I don't know who it was. Was it Spurs? Maybe it was. I don't know. Anyway, either way, um, Jones got an own goal and him, I think it was like Sanchez and someone else, there's a few prominent players who had been playing all the matches were dropped straight after that. Um, and it was like, you're accountable and you're, you're out. So he does seem to me to not have an issue with punishing players for performances despite it being you know, a, a, team, a team effort and a team failing, yeah. Yeah. So if he is inclined to get Shaw out, then that is entirely plausible to me. Yeah. Thanks, Amelia and Kylie. Um, so that's the end of our game week preview. Um, hopefully it'll be another good one for all of our listeners and, of course, ourselves. Um, Mars, I want to come to you first on um, the Barlow and Baldwin captain pick section of the show. And for new listeners, uh, I'll explain it. Basically, the Barlow is a safe captain pick. So when you want to be kind of um, playing the percentages and looking for that solid return versus the Baldwin, which is the more risky captain pick. 
So Mars, um, for game week three, who's your Barlow and who's your Baldwin? So Barlow for me is Salah. Brighton at home. Um, yeah, Salah. It's the easier. It's, it's the easier option. Um, Mars, you, sa- you sound like you're saying your Barlow captain pick because you sound so boring there that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going, to, we're going to we're going to hear you now. This is going to be the seriously lively captain pick. So here you go, Maris. Go. Yeah, Richardson for Baldwin. Why not? Everton away at Bournemouth is getting an open attacking game. If you want to be ballsy, why not? Nice one. And Kylie, what about yourself? So my safe pick would be Salah as well. To be honest, I think. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of an easy fixture to tip him in. They're playing at home, they're playing Brighton, and I think he will be very heavily captained this week. So he would be my safe one. Um, my risk, I don't think this one's risky per se, but I think when you have Inform Aguero and Salah being Salah out there, then, you know, it's riskier. But I would say... Maybe a, a bit of Arsenal action. Um, maybe Mkhitaryan. Um, that would, yeah, that would be quality that, balls, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aubameyang's probably a slightly safer option there. But, of um, course, now, oh, one now of the that other you're th- after putting the, um, the Kylie curse on Mane, the, um, of course, he probably it's not would be the... We're making it a thing. We're making it a thing. Well, we'll just reconvene next week, and if he scores a hat trick, then it's then, not a thing. Yeah. Well, if he scores anything, it's not a thing. Yeah, it's not a thing. And if he doesn't, then it's, it's fine because we don't expect him to score every week. If he doesn't, if he doesn't, it is a thing. But, uh, no. Yeah, that's the way it rolls. That's the way it goes, Kylie. Um, it's mm-hmm. just think of it in terms of content, Kylie. Kylie's Kylie's curse, and I could just change my handle back to FBL Marple, which I'd be perfectly happy to do. I don't like the idea of being cursed. <laughs> I'm not on board with this. Yeah. Um, let's move on to listener questions. And we got a ton of them in. So I'm going to try to go through them as quick as possible. We're going to have a rapid fire run through. And Kylie, you're first up on it, okay? Now, this is a bit of a funny one. McTavius was asking. Um, he's imagining what evil deeds Sané must have done to Pep during the summer that he is now inflicting revenge upon him for leaving him on the bench both weeks. I have a theory on it, and I think so do I, I, yeah. I'll, I'll give you you give your theory first, and I'll give my theory then, Kylie. Okay, I haven't looked back into this to substantiate it, but this is just based on my recollection. But I believe that when Mendy was starting last season, um, Sane wasn't getting the game time, and it wasn't until Mendy got injured that Sane actually started coming to the fore and and became. Uh, quite an important player because they really needed that pace up that side. So I, to be honest, I think it has, well, there's twofold. So there's that. I think that is a factor because having Sane and Mendy there, kind of, it's not ne- not necessarily necessary. Um, but also Pep did have comments in preseason about, um, about Sane and how he wasn't sharp and all of these things. So I think it's it, it could be a combination of those. And also, like, Mendy's Mendy, and he's just flying form at the moment. Yeah, so, unnecessarily necessary. 
um, or some variation of it. That's beautiful. Really, really, so really, eloquently I, put. I, I really enjoy that, yeah. Um, my, my reasoning for it was, um, I think that it's hair envy. Um, that's what I think Pep's issue is. I think Very he, plausible. Yeah, he's a bit of a, a bit of a thing for the Baldies. Um, I myself and himself would probably get on very well together, but uh, the uh, mm -hmm. yeah no I think I think that probably Sane probably was whipping out the hairspray in the dressing room and um, and Pep just had enough of it and he just he just basically said son you're on the bench until you learn to go bald like me. So, but but your reason or my reason, either of them are equally plausible. So, um, well, I just wish you'd said yours first because I wouldn't have actually said mine now. <laughs> I feel like a bit of an idiot. Uh, Grifters United Mars, um, he was asking, What's your thoughts on how good Liverpool will be from a points perspective beyond the first international break? So, it's a tricky run of fixtures coming up, but to stick or plan now the twist. So, what's your thinking, Marzi? <coughs> You you stick with Liverpool players that attack. Looks exciting, especially at home, and now we've seen away from home. So I think form over fixtures in this case. Um, I'm thinking of doubling up because everybody's got Salah. So I'm thinking of going the Salah-Mane combo right now for Sanchez. Uh, might, I don't know. I'll see. I might sleep on it and see if I want to go, like for example, for a Chelsea player or, or somewhere else, or like somebody like Ali. Um, rather than managers to have other players from other top six, but uh, at the moment I really feel like going Salam Mane because just you know for me it's a double bonus, right? FPL and Liverpool, so nice and easy. Uh, if Sanchez was a mistake and it needs to be rectified, and he will be out. Just it would, been be, it would, it would so have been stick. good if you'd um, just listened to me beforehand, but um, they, yeah, it's it's always good to make these make these uh, makes these corrections after three game weeks. Anyway, matters is better than a. Better than hanging on for longer. Sanchez makes a Sanchez makes a lot more sense than Pickford. <laughs> That's true. I'd also <laughs> like to point out that if Mars is bringing in Mane, he could be the curse. This is entirely plausible. <laughs> you really saying. don't want to have that uh, trademark <laughs> against your name. No, not with him. I don't care with other players. It's, it's just not with him. Okay. He's special. <laughs> he is. <laughs> um, Sean Slimbrick twenty four was asking. Um, I'll answer this one, I think. Um, Conte, he's been talking about, he's never considered defensive midfielders for FBL, but he seems to be playing like a second striker at the moment. Yes, he's not great at finishing, but in an attacking team, you'll get chances, and it's a nice, cheap option for a top six team. Get on it or avoid. Um, for me, the thing with Conte is this. He's, he's fine. You've got a Chelsea midfielder who will probably pop up maybe with another goal, maybe a couple of assists over the rest of the season. But my problem with Conte is, when are you actually going to play him? You have a five mid midfielder who will be fine as your first sub, but if you're planning on playing him week in, week out, you're going to be disappointed. And if you are even planning on rotating him in and out, you're probably going to be disappointed because the chances of actually landing on the games where he's going to score, he's not much good in front of goal as far as we can see. And as far as any of his Premier League experience has shown, it's not that he's... Um, like he's got an unbelievable shot for a defensive midfielder and you know you just want to see one of those long distance ones go in he scored with a shinner in game week one so for me can't they if you're going to put him in as your fifth midfielder instead of Neves say then fine if you you want to have your Chelsea player in there instead of having a lower league or a lower, lower Premier League club like Wolves or a mid-table one whatever you want to call them fly sorry about that buddy 
but um, the that's my thoughts on it. Is you're never really going to have a position where you're going to be playing him on a week in week out basis. Um, even if he is, you have a Chelsea player in your squad, and it might feel good. But um, but that's my thoughts on it. Um, we'll next one up is from Nick FPL, um, Kiwi Nick underscore FPL. He was asking, Mars give you this one. Um, he was asking Mane or Aubameyang. So if you're coming up with the budget basically to kind of make a move this game week, who would you be going for between Mane and Aubameyang? This is a tough one. I'm assuming he has Salah in his team. Most people do. So let's go with that one. It's it's a really tough one because. Arsenal's fixtures are really good, right? It's one I've, I've been thinking about because if I go Mane, there's no way I can afford afford Boomerang with Aguero. I think right now I will continue to watch Boomerang and see how Arsenal play. Um, you know, two losses in two games is is, is never great. Um, and he didn't. He had chances, which is which is good because he's he's making chances, but he's not finishing them, which is not great. For me, I'd go with Mane. Mane is on form at the moment, and he is one streaky player. The guy is just hot, and Liverpool have a, you know, a, a good fixture at home uh, ne- ne- next week. West Ham could be a tougher game for Arsenal, I would say. So the straight answer is go for Mane and wait on, on Boomerang and see what happens. You can always swap again after the, the international break, or if something else happens and you have man and then another player is not delivering, you can swap swap them with with Boomerang. So man is the man right now. Um, Vishnu Kana was asking, and this is um, it's kind of a good question because one name you guys didn't mention when you were talking about you know moving off Alexis was he's talking Hazard. Um, he's talking about when Hazard starts playing matches again, who's looking to warm the bench. We did kind of talk about a decent bit, and I think we're agreed that. It's probably William who lose out to Pedro, but um, it's it's difficult to say. But that's our thoughts on that. He's talking about though is if he's unsure on on one of those guys, would Alexis to Hazard be a good swap, Kylie? Um, the Hazard looked great in the patches he's been on. I think he could be a massive massive differential for people. And Chelsea's fixtures do look quite good. Oh, Hazard like. There is no denying his quality. The issue with Hazard is, and I think we've discussed it in previous pods, it is so difficult to nail down when he will get his points for you. This is why he's considered... I mean, I personally have not ever been trolled by Hazard because I haven't really owned him that much, but a lot of people have. So it's really hard to to say with any degree of confidence that you will get something out of him. If it comes off, it would be a brilliant differential. They do have nice fixtures. I believe he has Bournemouth coming up, and he has an excellent track record against Bournemouth. He does like to score goals against them. He's even said in like a media conference or an interview before that he loves scoring against Bournemouth. So for that match, he could be a viable option, and we'd expect him to be starting at that point. I, though would not be looking past Mane following on from everything we've said about him at this point. I think I'd probably feel like Mane's on form and I'd I'd just be more comfortable going there and monitoring the Hazard situation. Hazard can go so grossly wrong. But, I mean, if if you're feeling frisky, then it could come off. No, di- no denying yeah. that. And I mean, if the, if 
if he has Alexis in his midfield alongside Salah, then it's it's possible he has Alexis and Mane. And I mean, if you if you did have that, I would probably prefer to have a Hazard Mane midfield if you are going Salahless. But um, whichever whichever your situation is, Vishnu, I hope that helped you a little bit. Um, Marzi, um, this one is from Sumant H Nactar. And um, he used fantastic use of uh, the player handles, Twitter handles in his uh, in his tweet. He definitely gets bonus points for that one. Um, he just said he got Ricarlton and Pedro in his squad for Yota and Gilfi, but he feels he needs an Arsenal player for the coming fixtures. Um, do, do we think he should transfer out Bernardo Silva for Henrik Mkhitaryan? I know a lot of people are thinking that is a move because he did look as though um, you know he's a little bit kind of put to the side, and David Silva was was phenomenal in um, in game week two. But um, what's your thinking on Bernardo for uh, for Henrik? I I wouldn't do it for a hit. If he's already done two, most likely he's going to take a hit. I don't think it's worth a hit personally. Um, but I think long term and to, is the more viable? Yes, I think. Especially if you have if you have two other city players, or you want you're gonna double up, for example, on city. Yeah, a lot of people I'm seeing doubling up on like Mendy and and, and the keeper, plus Aguero. Mendy's pretty much a, a midfielder anyway. The points he's getting are ridiculous. So that gives you the opportunity to go somewhere else in midfield. And we know that midfield is probably apart from centre backs is the biggest rotation roulette with Pep. So I think it's a viable move. I just don't think it's worth it for a minus four. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it, if it's, if that's the biggest dilemma, well, he's already done two subs, so it can't be the biggest dilemma, but I think it's one that can be done, but not, not urgent. Good stuff, Mersey. Um, next up, Kylie, and our last listener question for tonight, because we're, we're running short on time, is, uh, Peter Gray, uh, of course, uh, our previous, uh, podcast winner. He won our, uh, he won our listeners' competition where he identified the, a voice, and we will look to do that again in the next few weeks. Um, because it was great fun. The uh, Peter Gray at Peter V. Gray was asking thoughts on taking Robertson out after Brighton for Alonso and then bringing him back in after game week eight. So again, looking at those Liverpool fixtures, he's identified that the Liverpool fixtures toughen up a little bit. And of course, they correspond with with Chelsea's fixtures um, getting a lot, lot more attractive. So what's your thoughts on kind of switcheroo there, as, as I do like to say with you, and it would probably wreck your head. Switch playing a bit of <laughs> with Robertson and Alonso. Well, you just took the words right out of my mouth. Um, it is a bit of a switcheroo. <laughs> um, yeah, funny. I'm hovering on this one, right? Because I do believe that with defenders more than any other type of player, you need to play the fixture game. Um, I mean, you can go for an attacking player with a bad run of fixtures if they're just in flying form. But it, because it doesn't matter how good Robertson's form is, if the team are conceding, they're conceding. But I, I do think Liverpool are much stronger in this year, hopefully, um, as they were last year. So I don't know if I would want to get Robertson out myself and then be juggling for a few game weeks and then bringing him back in anytime I've tried to do that personally, it has blown up in my face in just the most awful way. But I can absolutely see the appeal of Alonso after the recent performance. Um, I mean, 
Oh, yeah. Is there not someone else that you could move? I'd, I'd get rid of Robertson before Mendy. I, I put it that way. Um, if you're really determined to have Alonso in your team and you feel that you're going to get more points in this sort of four-game window of really good fixtures for Chelsea, then go for it. Um, but I I would probably want to be seeing how Liverpool are going. I mean, they've, they've been solid so far, obviously. They haven't played a top six side yet, and it's only two games in. But I really do think that Robertson is going to be such a strong season-long pick for for FPL managers this year that I'd be a bit nervous. Yeah, no, I'd, I, I, no, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, we've two quick last questions, late ones in. They answered a shout-out that I put up um, saying that we were actually in the listener question side of the show. So quickly, Mars, um, these are kind of very, very fast answers. Azur702 was asking, Alonso or Mendy? So we know how much we love Mendy, but you did mention that Alonso would be would be the one you bring in as Hedy Trippier. So um, looking at the fixtures coming up, would you be thinking Alonso ahead of Mendy? For those who don't have either, no. and you're looking for one transfer. Mendy. Good Mendy first. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, Prashant Tuari was asking. Um, he's looking for David De Gea replacement, so he's obviously had enough. And he's actually... A Big United fan. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And he's looking for David De Gea replacements. Um, he's thinking he has already Mendy Robertson, and he's thinking Dublin up on City and Liverpool seems weird. I'm sure it would for you anyway, Prashant. Um, <laughs> Chelsea look crap at the back. Um, what do we suggest? So, um, the, Kylie, what do you think um, David De Gea replacements, if he has decided that he's had enough is enough paying six million for De Gea, um, what would you be, who would you be looking to move to? I think Ederson would probably be the one for me, as much as it might feel far, horrible for a Man United fan to have a double up, but I think you have to have a double up in Liverpool and City at the moment, personally. Yeah, I mean, I have... Like I have three City players, and I'm about to have three Liverpool players as well. No, but <laughs> in. I know he probably means a double up in defence. In, in defence, I mean, both of them um, seem solid in defence. Uh, yeah, like lots of people uh, have been getting the benefit, certainly of double City defence, because I've seen quite a few people with Edison and Mendy, and I definitely <laughs> think that at this point, Edison looks like the most attractive premium goalkeeper from my perspective he is someone that I originally had in my team and I did downgrade him quite heavily to release funds elsewhere and it is what it is but those who have had Edison have done really well obviously with the assist and I just think those fixtures look really good Mendy I think you have to have anyway and I think Mars hit the nail on the head earlier when he said he you're kind of playing him as an additional attacker I mean, he's put, I think he put in something like 16 crosses in that match, like far and away ahead of anyone else. He's basically had five assists, even though we only got four. Um, so you kind of treat him as a different category. He gets you a clean sheet. Yeah, it's a bonus. Edison, I think you will get a lot of clean sheets in this stretch anyway. So And an assist or two. <laughs> and an assist, yeah. And that's you know not what? altogether like, surprising that he got no, that assist. It's not, it's not. The guy, by the way, Mendy, is just unreal. 
the, the whole, in preseason, we were having a lot of discussions about it, and I, I went with Edison because it was the safest option because I thought Mendy, you know, he's coming back from a big injury, didn't play a lot, so might be rotated. I mean, Cardi, you, you, you were spot on. The guy just, he is always on the wing, and he puts the ball in straight away. Yeah. And he doesn't, he will get in so many crosses, and as long as he, he there's always the chance. I mean, yes, to be honest, even for me now, like, I'm, I'm now looking, like I mentioned, maybe move Silva away, stay away from the City midfield and double up on Mendy because, uh, on Edison, because for mm-hmm. me, Mendy is like a midfielder. Him and Alonso are like two midfielders. In fact, to be honest, listen, it's the season of the wing-backs, right? You've got Robinson, Mendy, even PVA, um, who did I miss? Alonso. Uh, they, uh, you know, Bellerin and Aspilicuota could even have a shot because Aspilicuota is getting assists. So, yeah, I um, don't know why yeah. I went with it. And Trippier. Yeah, I don't know why I went with Virgil. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I think I overthought it. <laughs> Normally, I don't do centre-backs, but, I'm, you know, I'm happy with... with well, uh, it's definitely been, it's definitely been the two weeks uh, been the two weeks of the um, of the wing back, so um, we'll see if we'll see if that continues. Yeah, uh, do you know what Don? The way they're playing, honestly, the way they, these wing backs are playing, they are like an extra midfielder they're, in the team. Yeah. Just watch. I'm going by eye test. I'm not even talking about FPL points. You look at Robertson. You look at Mendy. You look at Alonso. You look at Bellerin. You look at uh, Patrick van Aanholt. They all just up there in the attack, and it's, it makes it exciting for me as a football fan. I want to see those guys. Um, that's all we've got time for on tonight's show, folks. Um, we do hope you've enjoyed it. We have been Mars, who you can find at Mars05, Kylie, who you can find at KylieFPL, and myself, of course, who you can find at The Marple Curse. And um, we hope you've enjoyed listening in. Check us out at 3amigosfpl.com, where you'll find our latest blog posts and links to our social channels. Please like, and share, and rate the podcast on iTunes, as it really does help us to increase our followership. Um, Mars, it puts a big smile on his lovely little face whenever we see a retweet pop up on our notifications after a podcast goes live. So think of Mars, think of his smiles and do it for him, okay? Um, thanks as always for your support. Good luck in game week three. Oh yeah. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we.